Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of the Actual VR Podcast. I'm your host, Kyle Mann, the owner of Actuality VR. This is the podcast where we give you behind the scenes look at the VR revolution in real time with real professionals. Today we're joined by Matt Hauser, staff producer at Taillight TV here in Nashville, where he works alongside brands and artists to produce award-winning music videos, branded content, and even live TV events. Matt and I first met on the Swisher Suites artist project that he was producing, where we were tasked with creating a red carpet 360 video experience with none other than Cardi B herself. Having never met Matt before arriving on this project, I was impressed with not only his ability to multitask, but also how smoothly the process went given the obstacles. We'll talk more about that in the interview, but first, here's a little taste of that video. Y'all, we had to switch the sweet to bed. I'm getting this box award. <laughs> I just want to say thank you, Swisher Sweet. Thank you for giving me that spark award. Make sure you find your own spark always. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Matt, thank you so much for being here, man. I know you're incredibly busy with everything you do over at Taillight and the fact that you came, you drove down here from Nashville. Yeah. Yeah. To, to, to come do this. It means a lot, man. So thank you, first of all, for, for coming. Yeah. I'm honored to be here. This yeah, is man. exciting. I've been following it for a while and to be asked to be part of it and uh, to be here is great. Thanks, man. Yeah. Well, um, you know, we we briefly went over your introduction, um, but I want to kind of hear from you. You, um, you're producer at Taillight, but you also went to school at, I, lo- I love how you're repping the color. I love how you're repping Ohio University here. Um, you, um, but you went to school for this. I, I, how did you get into producing? Like what, what made you take that? Yeah. Um, well, thanks for noticing. I, I like to, re- if you know me, and, and <laughs> yeah. I try to represent a little bit and it's, it's, it's a little bit of a joke, but I am a proud Bobcat and, you know, I did go to school for video production and business. And then I got an internship actually with Taillight and spent a few weeks the summer, I think it was 2017. Yeah. No, that's wrong. <laughs> I got an internship in the summer of 2007. Oh, and nice. Yeah. Graduated in 2008. And, um, you know, I fell in love with Nashville, as many people do. And yeah. a lot of my colleagues and classmates were going to LA or New York or, you know, the main cities for production. And, yeah. and I was like, I'm going to try Nashville and had a great experience. And so I decided after school, I'm going to come back and, you know, 2008 and see what's going on. And there was a lot going on then. And I got really fortunate and was offered a staff position at Taillight, um, cool. which for me was a great part of my story because yeah. I got back to the company that I interned with. And, um, you know, I came in as a coordinator and was working on music videos and learning a lot from the staff there and getting my hands really dirty and lots of projects right away. And <laughs> it was a great way to learn quickly. Um, Without some of the stresses of, you know, getting right into freelance market as a yeah. kid right out of school. So a lot of people do it. A lot of people do it really well. It's pretty and brutal. Yeah. It yeah. takes some time to get used to. And so from there, you know, progressed. I've worked on lots of different projects, commercials, music videos. Taillight does a lot of diverse content. So yeah. we've done concerts, comedy specials, um, branded content, little bits of everything, honestly. And so for me, it was exciting to work in all the different genres in Nashville yeah. and learn from a lot of different people and have a lot of great experiences. And, you know, now I've kind of taken on more of a leadership role and and work on branded content and television projects and longer term things. And 
And, you know, it's all that experience leading up to now helps me be diverse in my skill set to jump around and shift gears quickly and know little bits of lots of different things and have made a lot of great friends in the industry here in Nashville. And um, jokingly, they all say that, oh, yeah, did you go to Ohio? <laughs> and I'm like, what, why would you ask? Oh, come on. <laughs> yeah, but no, it's it's been great. So Nashville has been a great home and and my career has been you know blessed by the opportunities i've been given here so that's cool now did you when you were in school did you i mean was producing what you wanted to do or is it something when you started interning for taillight you're like okay this actually this aspect you got to see somebody who is maybe doing that role and you're like okay that's cool because i did notice you you double you were you were in broadcast and business, right? Is that the yeah? I think the the you know that was to keep my parents happy and say like I'm going to school <laughs> and doing something valuable with yeah. my my future career. And um, you know when I was in school, I did a lot of post and editing and mm-hmm. and, uh, and actually got when I got the internship at Taillight, it was a couple of days a week. So I said, hey, anybody else you guys work with? I'd love to kind of touch base. And there was an editing company in town. And they took me on for the the opposite days. And so oh, wow, cool. a couple of projects that I worked on at Taillight were being edited at this post house. And so I got to watch things go from beginning to end. That's cool. Little did I know a lot of what my future would be <laughs> would be being on projects from the beginning to end and, yeah. and being on the producing side and then being on the post side and helping deliver the final shows. And, and you know, it was a it was foreshadowing, I guess you can say, yeah. but, um, yeah, no, I always have had a technical post, you know, savvy edge to what I do, I guess. And producing is, you know, I had a teacher in school who said everybody is a producer at some point, whether you want to be or not, you know, and <laughs> it's true. And, and there are challenges with being a producer and, you know, not every budget's stacked with the, the blessings of having lots of crew and resources for all the toys. And yeah. so you have to be creative and figure out how to put the right people together to make it work. And, yeah. um, you know, with with being a staff person at a company like Taillight, being a producer is very valuable to them because of the duration of time I'm on a project and, again, switching from project to project. So Makes sense. Um, yeah, yeah, you know, I think it helps me stay sharp and jump around I still like dabbling in post and I'll still find myself off in, in rabbit holes of trying to. <laughs> That's how we first, you know, that was the first thing I noticed about you. So um, jumping forward to the time that we first met um, in person was in LA at that, the hotel I came in, I just arrived and you were not only over this, the shoot that we were at, but you were in the middle of like some, you were in after effects doing some work. And I was like, how it, like what, and you knew what you were talking about. So I knew then, I was like, this guy knows what he's talking about. He's been a part of this of the entire process. Yeah, so. that, that job was interesting. <laughs> and, and the jobs you're talking about that I was probably simultaneously working on were probably equally as interesting. And, and <laughs> at this point, I can't remember exact details. But yeah, I think, you know, it's always about juggling and not dropping any balls, keeping all the plates yeah. spinning. And, and that's the job of a producer, really. It's yeah. just you're managing all the teams. You're managing numbers and budgets and creativity and expectations and clients and juggling it all and trying to be happy yeah (laughs) so it's it's fun it's challenging and and uh yeah what what's the um in what you do at taillight is there something specifically that like just really keeps you on fire like is there a part of your job what what part of your job are you just like super pumped about all the time like when you whenever you hear about it you're just like yes this is this is what it's about 
Yeah, I saw that question coming, and then, <laughs> you know, I think it it's hard. You know, there's there's like each project has its own life cycle, and yeah. in that there is the excitement of the award, and then the creativity starts, and then quickly you're in the weeds and you're fighting your way out of this situation of trying to make it happen. Then you go to the shoot, and that's another level of uh, a wave of excitement and challenge. And then you get through that, and you're like, okay, I can breathe now on that. And then that's cool. now we're going to edit. So okay, now that's another thing, and you know, I, I don't know how to, I didn't know how to answer that question because it sounds like you love the, I mean, that's a unique perspective as a producer, um, in that you get to see, you have that ebb and flow of like these, these mile markers throughout a project where you get to see the, you know, you're a part of the pre-production and the production and the post-production and all those different milestones. You're a part for every single one as, as opposed to somebody who's an editor, they're just involved with that part of the project. So you get to see, so it sounds to me like the most exciting part about your job is the fact that you do get to see, you get to ebb and flow with that project and the yeah. excitement and then the, and the, you know, the stresses and like that, that sounds like that's what you. Yeah. There's do. always another step in the process. And, you know, that's I cool. feel like the excitement comes in, okay, now we can move on to that next step. And cool. sometimes it is a relief and sometimes it is, you know, anticipation where you're like, I can't wait to cut this. You know, this is going to look great. The <laughs> yeah. shots we got, yeah, yeah. you know, we know what went into getting these and, and then you finally see an edit come together and then it's like, all right. Yeah. That That's all cool. that hard work from the whole team really is shown in the quality and, the final cut you know and yeah. so that's the that's a good part of then you're sending the kid off to get married to start their own family and then yeah. you know the project's out and living its dream you know <laughs> exactly yep um so i wanted you know this we met for a 360 video project um had, had you done and i want to get we're going to get into the the project specifically um but had you worked on a 360 video project before the one we worked on together? I had, yeah. There was um, an opportunity we had with uh, a branded network we were working with um, that was doing a project with Coca-Cola, and cool. we had artist Kelsey Ballerini. Yeah. And so we dove in on an idea to do a 360 kind of in a studio where um, she, you know, she's performing with a couple of players in the in the round as it is, and we used some of the early GoPro vr yep. rigs and you know we're really in love with the idea did not know how to do it and <laughs> we we're like we can figure this out you yeah know, it's not that hard and you know it was early on where it was hard yeah and you not a whole lot of tools out there you know you had to we didn't know how to light it really well we didn't know what stitching problems we were going to run into down the road and yeah creatively we you know that's what we do well and we come up with an idea and figure out the plans to execute it and but you know this one was a new the new medium, you know, we yeah. hadn't really had a proven track record of turning these projects <laughs> around in this way. And it was an interesting project because we also shot traditional um, angles as well. So cool. our clients got both and we knew like, all right, we're going to deliver a great product either way. This 360 yeah. thing, if it comes out great, it's going to be pretty cool. And it was pretty early, like I said. And yeah. So... Yeah, that was my idea. Great idea. And um, awesome. it turned out well. And, um, uh, you know, I think there were some headaches with post on that because we didn't know. And I was involved with that pretty, you know, a lot. And and, yeah. the, and the editor we had working on it was learning with me, too, you know. So we were kind of like, all right, well, it's not like we can go reshoot anything. So we're going to have to accept a couple mistakes, try yeah. to minimize them visually, maybe put some, you know, other <laughs> distractions over there. Yeah, a little bit. But it, it you yeah. know, in the end, it, 
I think it stood up for what it was and how we did it. And that's so um, cool. I had played around a little bit with like a little Theta 360 kind yeah. of doing some personal stuff and, yep. you know, quickly learned that quality was only good for personal things. And yeah, that was a, I'm like that, ah, this is easy. We start when I was up there I and mean, we just do this and <laughs> you quickly realize that ain't going to work, you know, yeah, like, yeah. and you know, from there it was, you know, maybe we should, we hadn't did it. We hadn't done any other 360 work until that project this new opportunity that we brought you on for came up so. oh nice and i know especially with the 360 it, it's hard early on so this is probably what 2006 that you guys did that or no i think it was probably um maybe four twenty thirteen. oh not 14. six oh gosh yeah, yeah. yeah i know 2014 yeah yeah the um 2006 wow that might have been way off later, yeah. yeah the uh i don't know what that's my graduating year 2006 um but the uh it was real. I did find it really hard, especially with talking with uh, traditional media studios, where you'd come in with 360, and then you'd walk in with that GoPro rig, which right. was you know great for what it was at the time, and you know there are still uses. People still use it today. It's a great time lapse camera at this point. Nothing really. It, it's so complicated in post production. It's just not worth it anymore. But that was a big thing, and that's why when like the Nokia Ozo came out, it was a much more professional looking camera. It's a lot easier to sell the clients on this camera as opposed to like hey here's a bunch of gopros in a cube you know but right. um that was uh yeah figuring out the post-production early on there wasn't there weren't a whole lot of resources um the stitching software didn't have a whole lot of re resources it was uh so i re respect the heck out of you guys for going out there and be like you know what we're gonna figure this out and you did and you executed so that's yeah. That's awesome. I think the software was from like Germany or somewhere like that. The it, color, the color software. I think it was. Yeah. yeah. Then and GoPro bought it and drove it into the ground. And yeah. It was, it was, <laughs> it was a terrible, terrible. There weren't many options. And I think no. I quickly did some research on it. And I was like, it's this one or this one. And this one's really expensive. But the other one, they said, this is not, yeah. it's not functional. Or there's, you know, a lot of learning curves. And yeah. so we, we figured it out with that one. And like I said, it was. I think the results were good, but they could have been better had I known what, you know, going into it or called, yeah. called someone like an expert like you, <laughs> you know, so. Well, I think that's, um, oh, oh, I do want to jump over uh, to that moment. So there was, uh, you reached out to, I think, some friends of ours um, and they had, we got on the phone and you're like, hey, you know, I've got this project. They're thinking about the this camera. Uh, I didn't know who the project was for at this point, but I think you were asking some questions about cameras. Yeah, um, I can't remember exactly how we got connected on it, honestly. Yeah. But um, yeah, this is a, a great client of ours. And the Swisher Suites Artist Project is a project we've been part of for a couple of years now. And, and through it, we've gotten lots of great opportunities to shoot with artists in the hip hop genre, which yeah. for us in Nashville, we're primarily shooting country music artists. And, yep. and um, you know, it was it's been a great project to expand our reach and, and yeah. get to work with some high, very high profile artists. And for a brand like Swisher, that's very well known, come up with some creative solutions to yes. their content needs and, and deliver on a quality that we're, you know, standardized for delivering on. So yeah, this was a new, um, this was an event that they host called the Spark Party. And it's kind of a one-off private party event where they invite um, press and some influencers. And it's a, it's a start to their year kind of glorifying you know, the the headlining artists that they are wanting to represent their brand and they award them with the Spark Award, which is kind of their, you know, you're 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 helping us tell our story as a brand and you're also representing artists and yeah. and what what you've done as a made a success, we wanna 
we want to recognize as you know that's cool so this that that year it was um cardi b who was the artist that they were working with and we had worked with her prior in new orleans on an end of year party that she got to play and so that was exciting you know she was she was climbing up really quick and to get to work (laughs) with her again we were excited and we thought what you know, we've got this opportunity with this huge artist, you know, for our clients, what can we do to really make this explode and make a, make a moment happen and get a piece of content. That's not just a recap piece and, or, you know, a red carpet video, but there's, there's, there's more opportunity here to help deliver a successful story for, for our clients. And so then we went back to the drawing board and we said, how about 360? And they loved it. And then we were like, all right, where do we begin again? Where do we do it? Flashback to what I did, you know, and I'm like, not that, not that. There is a better way. Dif- differently. D- yeah. Same, same, but different. Same. Yeah. yeah. So what, I mean, when you, um, when you were looking, so you guys had, well, I guess you guys had already, um, had tried it before. Um, it'd been a couple of years. The technology did change a little bit, but when I'm really curious about how, cause you filmed also some traditional video, uh, while at this event, this red carpet event in LA, um, were there were there any complicated like how how was it trying to manage this you know this 360 video shoot while also simultaneously doing because you had some experience with Kelsey and the Coke uh, product but or the video project but how was there any complication on your end somebody who's traditionally just you know producing a, a regular shoot did the 360 element did it add um, I guess for the first one, it added some complications. But um, how did how did that go about from your from your perspective? For this project, it, you know, this is such a immersive event where there's stuff happening every direction. So yeah. for us to maximize, you know, a 360 video in addition to traditional videos, um, it, it wasn't too bad. I mean, you know, we kind of game plan together, but we also, you know, talk through our client. Like, what is the story of this night? You know, we have yeah. our guest of honor arriving. She, you know, flows through the party, walks the red carpet. She's honored with the award, you know, and as a person attending the party, you kind of follow the action of her, you know, yes. and we're like, let's tell that story, but let's let a viewer view it and experience it. And it made perfect sense once we thought it through like that. And, and I think the you know, we were protecting for space to shoot the 360, but it really didn't, it didn't pose too many challenges because yeah. of this particular event on this particular project that it was just another part of the party. Um, I think and, this, yeah. th- this project was it really, um, at least on my end, because I've worked, um, I've shot 360 alongside of traditional shoots. And a lot of times going into those, uh, either, you know, some of the times they don't understand the, not understanding the medium or have never tried it before. You don't know how long it may take or what, it, you know, how do you, in a traditional sense, but this was the perfect format. And the reason why, when we when I got there, you had a very clear vision of what this was going to look like. I was when I walked, there was no questions that I really had to that that I was left ask, asking. Mm-hmm. You know, we did the walkthrough. You knew exactly like, hey, this is what we want to communicate, and you also had the flexibility and and to um and you were like, you know, you operate the three sixty camera, like I'm going to like th- these are your boundaries. Like I want to trust that you put these exactly where needs to be done for the best product. Um, on the end best end result and that 
whole process just went so smoothly. And the fact that the idea to bring in 360 for this project specifically, and, and it was the perfect environment for it. Yeah. And, and the, you know, I didn't have any issues with the 360 camera side of things. You know, I wasn't trying, I wasn't competing against the, you know, traditional cameras. It was like, it was just such a, and it was so well managed, so well produced that it was, um, it was such a, just a smooth night. Like the whole night just felt so smooth. And I know that's because of the amount of planning that you guys put into it. And obviously that you had experience in it before. Yeah. Um, so that was, I know from my perspective, that was a really just a, such a smooth, smooth process. I think the only variables we couldn't really predict to, you know, because of the profile level of the artist, you know, there are some technical reasons where you were saying, I need to keep people X amount of distance away before this starts doing what it's going to do. And the, yeah. and the image is going to be affected that way. And, you know, I think it, parts of the story you'll, you'll see the people want to get close and that's yeah. what the camera was. And, you know, they shouldn't be looking at the people who are leaning into the camera. They should <laughs> yeah. be looking at the person who's the, the point of focus. And, exactly. you know, and I know we did some extra stuff on that project to add the, the audio, the 360 audio, yeah. which was an added value that we gave to our clients too. And, and explain to them that the best way this content will be experienced is with headphones and yes. you can turn to hear the DJ and, or the artist speaking on the red carpet, doing a shout out on their phone, you know? And so that was even further us thinking through, we know what's going to happen, but then, you know, how do we better best record that yeah. as well? And working with the team to make sure we had proper audio placements for you to be able to take that into post when your, you know, your colleagues that helped with the audio side of things yeah. to just give it that extra value. And, and, you know, it completes the experience really. And it's just a taste of what could be done, you know, and like you said, this was a sort of a, a two minute drill we threw together because yeah. we knew the event was coming <laughs> up and, you know, we knew, okay, what else could we do? What else could we do? And then quickly turned it, found you, put it together, got out to LA. You flew, you were like flying in the day, day of the up, event. Yeah. yeah. And I'm like, I don't even know, Kyle. I hope this goes well. <laughs> like, yeah, we had not, we had not met up to this point. Uh, talked over the phone, but yeah. And instantly, I, you know, there was no question that once we got there and, you know, you were going to be awesome and then the results Thank were great. You. And, you know, I think it, it was a great experience and it was a unique job to, to do it on and it worked. Yeah. And, you know, then the end result was great. So yeah, thank, thank you for saying that. Yeah. I really appreciate that. I, I'm I'm so glad you mentioned the spatial audio. Uh, Robert and Julian, who um, they're two members here, uh, they worked on the podcast last week talking about spatial audio. I mean, there's some of the smartest people I know in audio engineering. Uh, specifically when it came to spatializing. And that's when I, um, you know, when we first even talked about, because it is, it's a very chaotic, there's a lot to look at in in this video, in the Swisher Suites video. Um, but the spatial audio, it really did help the viewer, guide the viewer. Because when, there is no frame in right. 360 video, right? It's kind of, there. there is a, the limit that you have on your phone or whatever device you're watching it on, that is a frame. But how do you get people to look where you want them to look? Spatial audio is one of those things. You can use visual cues, but there's also um, spatial audio. So um, I think I was, the, the duration of our project too was a challenge we put on ourselves both to that's, to make it fit many reasons. But you know, we only had I think the project was maybe two minutes or something in the yeah. end. But through that, there is a lot of happening, and we also put some graphics and things in there that if you were looking in the wrong spot, then there were things you could look at, and yeah. and you know, but you know, for a user to experience the whole thing, tra 
you really needed to watch it a couple of times through at least, you know, yeah. just to see well, what's behind me, you know? And yeah. There's you so get much, a new experience. Yeah. It, you know, it yeah. gets more lifespan and the, the views that we got on it were tremendous. I think it's up over a million plus now. And yeah. so, um, you know, that was a proud moment for us just to get some <laughs> organic really, I mean, and obviously Cardi brings a lot to the table with that. Right. Right. And, and the way we worked with Swisher to promote it and to really grow the awareness of the video. And, and, you know, I think, we, we were all trying to maximize, maximize that, that opportunity we had and, and really make that content, tell that story as best as we can for our clients. And it, yeah, it worked. So. so how do you, when you, when you look at a project like the Cardi, like the Cardi B Swisher Suites video, how, how do you measure, um, that success? How is it, um, you know, I, I'd imagine each project has its own, uh, own, own points that you're trying to reach and it's own your own goals but how do you how do you like to measure the success of a project yeah i think you know everything has its own sphere that it lives in and, yeah. and to compare things is sometimes hard because of various parameters of them you right. know i think for us this video was extremely successful and we knew that you know our clients were happy with it at the end of the day. They were excited to see it when we were shooting it. And, you know, we, you know, ex executed it. The day went, the day itself went fine, you know, great. And yeah. so that was, that was exciting. Each phase, again, of the project from a producer standpoint, you know, it's all right, anticipation leading up to, then the event happens. And then that, then that next wave comes when you start <laughs> to see the cuts and stuff and you're sharing yeah. it. And then you put on the, the final touches and, and you, then you get the results after a period of time of it living and breathing in the world. And, and yeah, I, I think that success is for me, it's, it's every phase, you know, that's it's, cool. it's, even if there is a stumble or a fumble somewhere early on, and if we're able to recover it, that's still a success. And, yeah. um, you know, challenges come up and how do you get through them as a producer and, and still come out looking great is yeah. what your goal is. And do you remember the turnaround point for, or the turnaround time for this project? I, I was trying to remember before before the show, but I I think we had a couple weeks. It was a couple um, weeks, yeah, yeah. I think um, you know there was content rolling out because of the timeliness, and there yeah. was a lot of media there that were pro pro promoting it and live. They were yeah. shooting stuff, you know, not live or maybe even live on Facebook. For it was important that and, we got it in that window. Yeah, there was and, still hype around the the topic and the event. Yeah, they you know the Spark Award is a year long program that Swisher you know promotes this artist for the year, and, yeah. and so they like to keep this story going and and to have another wave to drop this. That's cool. content. And I think we dropped our traditional recap piece. And then maybe a week or so later, we dropped the 361 and we were teasing it leading up to it to make people say, come back for this. And then when it was there, people found it, you know, later on even. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's still, it's still living and breathing out there. It's, yeah. it's crazy. Just, it's, it's cool to be able to look back on it and just see, you know, where it is. And, um, what I, I do want to ask too, were there any, um, you know, working with 360, are there any inherent like difficulties or um, any limitations that you felt with working with 360, um, either positive or negative, um, in trying to to manage both, you know, a traditional project and a 360? Um, I think it's just, you know, the lack of experience and understanding of it to a degree, just to know, both to talk about it to our clients and to also know ourselves all right what are we what to what do we need to anticipate for and how do you protect for that but also especially if you're shooting a, not, a traditional video at the same time um i don't i don't know i think it's it's trusting the people that you bring on to know that they're going to do a great job and yeah. if you give them the proper expectations um 
you know, they're going to tell you what the limitations are and what the challenges are too. So it's putting the team together and producing the event that way with the right people. And, and um, yeah, I think you're always going to have somebody who wants to be behind the camera watching it, but on 360, they're on the camera, you know? So That's true. Yeah. It's, you know, how do you, how do you work like that? Are you hiding deep into the, the layers and, <laughs> you know, um, it's just understanding that whole process yeah. and, and then making sure that it's, you know, your clients are comfortable with, with it and that's cool. We're comfortable with it. And, and I remember you saying that one of the things that they did value, and I, it was a very specific question you had, I was like, is there a way for us to look at the footage right. while we're there? Cause the client is going want, is going to want to look at it. And there's only a few options that we have camera wise that allow for that live preview. Um, and that's why, um, we use the ZCam S1 Pro, which is a, a, a camera that, um, has a setup that allows us to look at an iPad Pro right. and be able to view view the image. And I know that was a that was a big part of which didn't wasn't possible just maybe a year before that shoot. Sure. There weren't a whole lot of camera solutions, affordable camera solutions sure. or reliable professional solutions. And even then an iPad with a router is still kind of throwing things together. But you know, it's um it's still you know, it's still possible now. Yeah. So. I think, you know, now it was, it was that trust factor, you know, yeah. okay, can, this is where the camera is going to be. And if you can just zip around a low res, you know, preview of what it is, then they can put it in their mind. Okay. Once the talent's there, it's going to be, you know, yeah. this, and then the lighting might be a little different because it's now night. And that was another challenge we faced was, okay, this event starts at, um, you know, 30 minutes before sunset and it goes into darkness. And so yeah. you can't really you know, light for this is part of what we were asked to produce. And also we don't want to disrupt the party atmosphere too much with extra lights. And, and, you know, so what yeah. I kind of dropped that bomb on you and I was like, so, Hey, here's the deal. Um, <laughs> we're outside and there's a bunch of crazy people who are going to be all following a celebrity. And yeah. it goes from about six to 9 PM. <laughs> so we get one chance and the lighting and the weather is unpredictable and we still need to figure out how to make this cool. Yeah. And we did it. So. Yeah. I, I am, I am fully, um, so thankful that I get this is getting into the technical side, but the Z cam, the, the camera that I mentioned, the S1 Pro, um, when it came to that type of performance, it was perfect for that for exactly what we need to do because there that is an inherent problem, uh, too, with 360 cameras that they don't have a whole lot of dynamic range, right? Um, there's no, not a whole lot of low light uh, capabilities when it comes to that. So, um, you know, that camera came in super clutch, uh, for exactly what we needed it for. Yeah. Um, so that was that was really cool. Um, Kind of on a, um, I, I like to ask this question. Um, if you could create the like the coolest 360 video project that you would want to view in a headset with no budget, I, mean, I say no budget, I'm mean, unlimited budget, yeah, you had all the money in the world. Like, what kind of what, what type of experience would you, Matt, want to con consume and in, in, in experience? You know, I think it's maybe if there's no budget. It's it is it maybe it's a it's a historical one where you can walk in the footsteps of an event that took place in and this would almost have to be a you know vert it would be VR but it would also yeah. be you know you couldn't film it generated it was re yeah regenerated but like you know and I'm sure some people have started to do this but you know yeah. put yourself time machine you know go yeah. back and you know I don't know every every cool event that's happened you know just be able to jump around and see those and and. You know, I feel like nowadays with everybody having a camera and everybody's Facebook, Snapchat, Instagram, <laughs> everything from under the sun, you know, it's like 
even if you don't go to an event, you kind of are there in a degree yeah. with everybody's content that comes out and you don't feel like yeah. you missed out as much, but some things like his, historical things that didn't have 30,000 people posting Instagrams about it from yeah. different points of view, <laughs> you know, it's like, you know, I think about the world series is on right now and it's like yeah. every time there's a moment you just see all those flash bulbs go off and it's like, everybody was anticipating it because they were either watching it through their phone, not experiencing it in person, but they, you know, then you can recap. I've seen commercials like this for the NFL, I think where they've used fan generated content and it's like a touchdown, but you see it from different fan posted angles. It's kind of, you know, it's kind of cool. And so back to the original question, I would say, you know, maybe something historical that was. Do you, uh, or do you know who Dan Carlin is? He does a, a podcast called Hardcore History. Mm-mm. It's um, if you if you like history, it's an amazing podcast. He's a great storyteller, big history buff. Um, but he got into VR, and he um, I think it was in New York or Casey. Do you remember we did a we did a story on it? Was it Chicago or New York um, that the installation was in? It may be wrong. Oh, it was in Austin. It was in Austin, Texas. And uh, they recreated the trenches of uh, World War One. Yeah. And you went into a warehouse and you put on a VR headset and it was fully explorable. And yeah. you had, you know, the chaos of the bombs going off. And uh, it'd be really cool. That's not scalable. Right. But it'd be really cool if, you know, the future of the classroom was like not reading about it in a textbook. Sure. But being able to put on a VR headset. Get in, get in battle. Yeah. 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 See what it's like. One of my colleagues who used to work at Taillight, uh, Brandon Arolfo, he works now at PBS Digital and uh, in the D.C. area, he actually did a historical project. And I can't remember what it was. It was a Civil War area. Um, and, you know, they had a VR camera moving through the battlefield. Oh, and cool. I loved it. It was so cool. And they were that's telling awesome. a story with it. And and um, I'm sure it was in conjunction with some show that they were promoting on yeah. PBS. But um, it's a great project. And, and uh, knowing someone who worked on it made it even cooler, you know. And, and, oh, yeah. Um, but, yeah, that was... That sucked me in, in a way. It's sort of like video games to that degree. Again, it's like, you know, you're, yeah. you're there and VR makes it even cooler. So that's cool. I, I want to, so tying, tying that in, um, what do you see when, when it comes to the kind of the future of how 360 video interacts with traditional media? Um, do you see it being used, 360 video being used in any other form or any other way with traditional media? Do you see, um, having worked on a couple of projects, a few projects already, I mean, how do you, do you have uh, any thoughts on, you know, what that relationship looks like moving forward? Yeah, and uh, I don't know. It's it's interesting, you know, because you, you see there's, some, you know, historical events, there's award shows, there's things that are once one time only, you know, it's like... Yeah future proofing those you know obviously cameras are getting better resolutions getting higher the quality is there with you know it comes with an expense but it is yeah. it is there to preserve it you know there are things that could you you know when an award show moment happens you know would it have been cool to be sitting in the front seat you know like yeah and and i know that those experiences you have to take the you have to produce them and be mm-hmm. prepared to capture them maybe not knowing where it's going to go or live and maybe yeah. it lives in the moment following the event but just thinking about it from like, you know, the experience you get at the country music hall of fame or something like that, yeah. where if you could go back in time and see Johnny Cash get an award, oh, you know, and, and then you can be sitting in a seat in the museum, like you're in the front row at the grand old Opry or something so and cool. have that medium and, uh, and, you know, preserving that. So like, you know, I don't know if that's something people are interested in or not, but you know, there are moments that can be captured. And if you could capture them in VR, that could be cool. Yeah. Um, 
Well, you know, we're, we're kind of seeing a little bit, like a little, um, the, the very beginnings of that with Oculus venues. Um, Oculus, right now, it's exclusive to headsets, but you can join in on live performances. They had uh, Billie right. Eilish and Post Malone. Um, what was the other, uh, um, Franz? No. Uh, they had, well, they, they're doing live concerts and live uh, stand-up shows and you're essentially you know kind of in the front row if you will uh the problem is is that that doesn't live anywhere after the show it's it's one and done it's kind of like it's a it's very similar to sports and that like there's no way to go back and on demand and and look up these and i think some big sporting events they probably do do some additional content yeah you know you know world series or nba finals or you know they realize okay this is the moment that if we're gonna do this now's the time to do it even if we don't have a use for it now maybe there is you know Billy use it in the future there's something there yeah so yeah. to do it it's it's cool and um you know to be on the 18th green to see somebody win their first masters and to be able to look around you and high five the guys the next oh, year, you know man, things like that are, so cool. are kind of yeah. cool yeah that you would if you were there you experienced it but then beyond it you know it's yeah so well matt I can't thank you enough for coming on here. Uh, we're 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 out of time. Yep. But this was uh, I, it was it's obviously obviously it's been a pleasure working with you, and I'm glad that um, that you were able to make time to come out here because uh, I know you're extremely busy guy. No, it's all um, good. So thank you so much for yeah. for doing this, man. Thanks it was, for having it was me. Good to see you. Yeah. <laughs> Guys, thank you so much for joining on our interview with Matt Hauser. He's extremely talented. He's really, I, I was so impressed uh, initially when I first met him, but really sitting down talking to him, I, I'm truly impressed with his, with his professionalism and just how knowledgeable he is about the industry. And I hope you guys got a little bit out of what it's like to 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 work alongside of a traditional media company and a, and a 360 video company. Because what we found is that it's really, it's pretty smooth when you have somebody like Matt on on your team guys we built this platform because there are a ton of talented immersive content creators out there but they don't have a whole lot of places to talk about all the things that they're doing so we're hoping that by, by creating this platform you guys will get to meet them you'll be able to see all of the exciting things that are happening in the in the industry don't forget podcast comes out every friday we have it on spotify we have it on apple Podcasts, we have it on google play and, and youtube and facebook If you've been enjoying this and all other content we put out, be sure, like, subscribe, do all the things that you do when you appreciate what somebody's doing. Every Monday we have the actual VR show. Check us out there on Facebook and YouTube. But until I see you next time, have a good one.